This podcast contains strong language and adult themes. Date Night China explores life and love for better relationships in China. Every week, we hear from different guests and dive into dating, relationships, mental health, and how both expats and Chinese people connect with each other here in China. Join the Date Night community through our podcast and events in Beijing and Shanghai, and catch up on all the latest stories on our official WeChat account. Find our account on WeChat by searching Date Night China. No spaces, no capital letters. You can also join our WeChat group by adding Rachel, me, on WeChat. You can search Rachel Weiss twenty two, R A C H E L W E I S S twenty two. And now for this week's episode. Welcome back, everyone across China. Like we mentioned before, we're not saying China daters anymore. Well, you know, actually, we have a. I know of one person that's listening in Germany. It's my best friend from school. Oh, hey, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he messaged me the other day. And what did he say?、Um, Is he okay being called a China dater? But he's married and he's not in China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is a special shout out to Dave. He's just very supportive. He's like、yeah. my best bro. He's, you know. It, it is really cool because as an expat in China, it's hard to get people involved with your life here in China sometimes. And it's cool that he keeps. I think、it. he listens just to to hear he, my he mistakes. Did, he did shit on you a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because、uh, I can't let let me find it because like he did. He did、uh, write a, to me. It was a great comment. This is from episode seven, and in the context, it didn't sound weird when I said it, right? You know, but like he he wrote it out and he and he read it back to me, and I was like, okay, well that doesn't make sense at all. We were talking about it was episode seven was uh, uh, we interviewed Nico and Jack, a creative couples working together, and I said as the intro, I was trying to big them up. I said what they do is very different to what we do, and what they do. Really great work. <laughs> I didn't think that the implication、Basically, implied that we did shit. Basically, saying we do shitty work. Well done. You didn't pick up on it. Nope. I just nodded and smiled like a good supportive partner. Yeah, and then he wrote to me, said, "Oh man, I had a full-on belly laugh there. Nearly woke the kids up. <laughs> Unintentional comedy gold." <laughs> Well, you know what? That's where it's what you're、If、here to bring. If it's any surprise to to you all,、um, none of this is scripted. <laughs> it's just we, we try. We do some planning, and then we do a little bit of planning. The best made plan, but the well laid plans.、What's、best laid plans of mice, plans of mice and men. You know the best plans. Something about mice and men are like you know tell you. God, your plans, and he'll laugh at you or something.、Oh, yep,、yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, shout out、Or、to Dave. Or Dave will. I don't know. One or the other. Yeah,、Or、yeah.、Both. I'm pretty sure the 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 actual、uh, the story. You see that? You see none of it? No, I've lost it. I can only talk in sentences for like you had it a for short a moment、time. and it's gone. Yeah, it's the end of a workday as well, people. All right, give me some slack. It's been rough. What are we doing this week? <laughs> so everybody, welcome back to this week.、Uh, this week we're going to be、uh, meeting eleven LGBTQ plus folks who are sharing their experiences dating in cities across China, including Beijing, Shanghai, Shenzhen, Guangzhou, Jiangsu, and more. In this first part, 
It's gonna be a two-part series, so in this first part, they all share their overall experiences being LGBTQ plus in China, as well as their best and worst date experiences. Yeah, it's a really fun episode, and we're very excited because the next couple of videos that we'll be producing will be LGBTQ plus oriented. So uh, look out for those when we release them. Uh, but it's been a lot of content to get through and a lot of interviews, and I think it's just been great for people to be so open and honest and just send us, and they don't know us. They're just sending us these very personal stories. It's I mean, cool. Yeah, it is really cool. We had a great response from people all over China, um, from places we didn't know people were connected with us or listening. Um, so I think I just feel really, yeah, grateful that people have sent us their stories, shared their experiences with us, and um, are open to sharing that with us in our platform. So thank you to everybody who sent your story in. Um, yeah, let's just uh, yeah, so tell us about up, it. So up next, uh, we've got some... Uh, general experiences but we've got some stories of bad dates catfishing unicorn hunting someone who dated captain america this is a spoiler it's, it's not what you think though but you got to listen to find out and we've got some good date stories of romantic walks of falling in love after a first date having your first date being crashed by your future best friend they're fantastic and a wonderful eclectic snapshot of life and love in china so we're really excited for you guys to listen to these stories, and it's such a cool way to mark the end of Pride Month um, worldwide, but uh, we're gonna be continuing sharing these stories year-round like we've always been doing, but it's a cool way uh, to celebrate some of these voices across China. Let's jump in. Hi, <clears throat> my name is Alicia Knox. I am from South Africa. I currently live in Shanghai, China, and I've lived here for about five years now. I'm on my sixth year in counting. Um, I identify as lesbian and I'm a woman and I'm currently single. Um, my experience has been, oh, my experience of dating in China. It's actually not been as bad as I thought it would be, to be fair, as a black woman in you know, a foreign country. It's actually been really warm and welcoming. Um, I have tended to gravitate towards um, women of colour as well, um, but mostly like other foreign women, just because I feel like there's more common ground there, I guess. A good date experience, I must say it was a few years ago. We met on one of the apps and ended up just having like an amazing evening going into early morning of just chats, going from one bar to another, just doing fun stuff, getting to know her. Um, yeah, that was quite fun. A bad date experience was when I got catfished. I thought I was talking to a woman online. Turns out it was a man when I got there and they were like, oh, I just thought it would be cool, you know, just to see what it would be like. Trust me, I was not impressed at all. Um, luckily they weren't creepy or anything, but I did leave <laughs> after discovering that they were a man. Hey there, I'm incredibly tired. I mean, Danny, I mean, honestly, what's the difference? I am originally from Los Angeles in the US. I have been in China for about three years. It'll be three years in July. I was in Yantai for two years. And then in August, 2021, I moved to Shenzhen. I am a very sad and single bisexual. Um, I've been bisexual since I was like, I knew I was bisexual since I was like 16 years old. I just didn't really talk about it with anyone until I was much older. 
And now I'm just like, yeah, I'm bi. What's the big deal? I haven't even been on a date here in China. I've been flirted with. I have had guys say they're interested in me, but no dates have actually happened. They're all just like, I am not looking for commitment. I'm just looking for the <clears throat> and I'm just like, I ain't into that boo. I'm not in, no, mm -mm. no gracias. I've told friends, I've told some people. I mean, for the most part, I say it's no one's business, but it's like, if you're asking, then yeah, I'll answer. But the only thing that I don't like is the fact that so many straight guys, or just a lot of like non-LGBT people in general will just be like, are you sure you're actually bi? Like, you do know like, you're, you don't feel the same satisfaction with women. Hello, my name is Brian, uh, pronouns he, him. I am from the US, uh, specifically from Atlanta, Georgia and I'm currently living in Beijing, China. Uh, I've been here for almost about three years now. Uh, just to tell you guys a little bit more about me, I identify as a cis male, um, and I'm also kind of questioning gay, um, like mostly have attraction towards men, um, same gender as me, um, and you know do occasionally have attraction towards women, but haven't really explored that to any full extent. Um, but you know, if the opportunity comes, it comes. We'll just see. Life, life is a bag of chocolates, you know. Um, and I'm currently in a loving relationship with uh, another man. And yeah, that, that's my general information right there. Um, personally, like from my own experience, I feel like I can be who I want to be uh, and face very little discrimination. Like there, there usually is no type of like outright like, oh my god, look, he's gay. Um, but that might change depending on, you know, what people whisper to each other, uh, just because China tends to be a little bit more, um, quiet with their opinions. They're still going to talk about whatever they don't like, but they're not going to say it to your face. That's just the Chinese culture. Um, and so far I, I mean, I don't mind it. Like, I'm just like, yeah, I'm kind of used to it. I come from, come from the South. Um, Coming from Atlanta, you know, it is a little bit more diverse than the rest of the South, but I'm, I'm just used to people just talking like that. Um, and I would say overall, it's it's not really a bad experience. Never has there been anything really violent uh, just because I'm gay or, you know, anything like abusive, like verbally abusive. No, it's, it's been pretty chill, chill experience here. Um, but that might also change for local people. Um, you know, I am a foreigner. Uh, in China, and we do get viewed differently than uh, the local Chinese people do get here, you know, that are part of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's always going to be a difference. Um, but from what I've seen in the foreigner community, a lot of people are willing to kind of express themselves um, in whatever manner that they choose. Hello, so this is attempt number 10. Uh, my name is Lydia. I come from Northern Ireland and I currently live in Guangzhou um, in Guangdong province. I have been in China for about four years now. Uh, I identify as a bisexual woman. I'm cisgender and I use she, her pronouns, but I'm also cool with being called queer or gay, very, very comfortable with all those labels. Um, I am currently in a relationship, which is great. <laughs> it's like been a while. It's a rare thing. 
Um, a lot of this might be blither. I do apologize. But uh, my experience dating as an LGBTQ plus person in China. Um, I have only been dating women for about two years. And it was actually quarantine that pushed me to finally do it. Because I always knew I liked women. I always knew I was bisexual, even when I was a little kid. And I suspected that my preference was more so for women. But it was difficult to meet them. I didn't know where they were. Uh, you know, felt very shy and unsure of how to approach women and things like that. So quarantine was the thing that forced me to like, actually, I can't go outside. I always wanted to meet people face to face, but I actually started using the apps and like trying to make queer female friends and find out like, where do they hang out? How do they meet? Because I basically had no community before and it was lonely. Um, so yeah, I've only ever dated as a queer person um, in queer circles in China. So it's really hard to compare to my own country. Um, I was also very shy and like didn't know how to date girls back at home. But yeah, it just made me see how important community is. So as far as apps go, I never really used uh, apps for like romantic reasons. I was just trying to make friends with other queer women and was hoping that then if I can go to community events, if I can meet people face to face, then maybe the odds of finally meeting <laughs> a woman who might like me back would like increase. And it did happen, which is great. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think the best way to meet people is through friends, through community. It's an invaluable resource for LGBTQ plus folks. And my life got so much better after making more queer female friends and within the whole community as well it really opens stuff up so yeah okay a good dating experience i'm gonna try not be too cringy but i guess what jumps to mind would be my current partner my girlfriend of about six months uh we met at a christmas eve party like an lgbtq plus event we went on our first date about a few days later like on the 1st of January so it was really nice to kind of start the year like that when you're excited about someone you've just met and we just talked the whole day and we made uh like new year's resolutions and things it was very cute but there's also a moment I think a lot of queer women struggle with uh like sapphic lesbian like women loving women communities is like is this a date or is this not a date and we kind of laugh about it now but I mean I thought when I met her I was like very clear that I liked her <laughs> and I thought that I very you know I thought I was really direct when I asked her on a date and she didn't know she th she thought it was platonic so when we were on our first date someone actually approached us and asked if we were on a date and I was like yeah and she was like no <laughs> so it was a little bit embarrassing but then we had a discussion afterwards where I was like I would like this to be a date if you don't want it to be 
that's absolutely fine but that was my understanding and then she was like oh no no it's cool like it can be a date so that was a nice moment and also we made a friend on the same day because we were dressed very very gay <laughs> we like to dress very visibly queer and we went into this nice cafe and actually got spotted on the street by a guy and he came up to us and was like hey 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 can I talk to you and we both immediately got a little bit nervous because you know sometimes men approach you and that would be one of my bad dating experiences would be going on dates with your girlfriend and then guys literally come up to you and like hit on you it's really uncomfortable but um he was like I'm gay too he's like you guys are queer right because I'm queer. And we were like, yeah, yeah, we are. And he, he said he was new to the city and he didn't know anybody. And like, could we please like make friends? And both of us were like, absolutely. And we put him in all the queer community chats for Guangdong. And then he became part of our friend group and we hung out with him a lot. And it was just really nice. And we like to joke that he's our son. You know, we're like, we adopted him off the street. That's our son. And it was just a really nice moment. Like, yeah, this is our first date. And then also like making a friend on the same day. So <laughs> it's a long story. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, that's a nice memory. Okay. A bad dating experience. I'll try and keep it short. Um, I guess the biggest thing that jumps to mind would be sort of unicorn hunters. They exist, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, and you know, these are people who hear that you are bisexual and then they'll immediately ask you if you want to have a threesome. Um, and of course there are many people who are into that and that's great, but not everyone is. And it's a little disrespectful of people to just assume because you're bisexual that you just want to hook up or you're not looking for anything serious or that you automatically want to you know, typically it will be a, a girl and then she'll mention that she has a boyfriend after you've been talking for a while. And I have a lot of friends who've told me about similar experiences, which is a shame. Um, but yeah, maybe things like that. Uh, or even just now, like I'm in a relationship and sometimes I go out with my girlfriend and guys will approach us. Sometimes that makes dating uncomfortable um because you don't know if you're in a safe space or like how to reject them in a polite way that keeps both of you protected because you know I'm very out and proud but I also know that outside of my own bubble outside of my own queer community it's a little different um so yeah maybe things like that or just being bisexual and maybe guys don't want to date me because I'm bisexual or they're like, are you going to leave me for a girl or are you going to cheat on me? <laughs> and then having the same from women. And also the whole thing within sapphic women loving women, lesbian communities of like the gold star lesbian. And sometimes there's an attitude of like, if you're bisexual, you're like not as good or confused or... <sighs> slutty or you know like I have on occasion met like a, a minority but I, I've occasionally met lesbians who've told me like they don't date bisexual women because this that the other reason 
And, you know, things like that are a little upsetting, especially hearing biphobia within your own community. So, but other than that, just regular <laughs> drama that everyone deals with. Hi, everyone. My name is Seon, and I, I was born and raised in China. Currently, I'm living in Guangzhou, and I've spent most of my 24 years long life living in China, except several months abroad for study. I am a non-binary male and homosexual. And um, as for my career life in China, um, I've, I've always known that I don't fit into any of the traditional gender categories and my parents knew it. And I was lucky to have them as my parents because they are very accepting. And um, my mom uh, uh, really a one-guard woman. She used to tell me when I was really young that uh, as the society develops, the, the idea of gender will gradually disappear. And that actually started my journey of exploration um, of, uh, in sex and gender. And well, in my childhood, I was called sissy and uh, sister drunk constantly. Um, but I didn't really feel like it was a, some kind of bully or I've, I was really bothered. I wasn't. Um, it's more like um, confusing because um, I don't feel I don't feel like I was uh, doing anything female. It's just me doing me, and it's not female or male. Um, it just there's a lot of space between female and male, and it doesn't have to be female when it's not male. So um, I was doing my thing, being who I am, until the end of uh, the first year of high school. I was frustrated because I couldn't find boyfriend, find love for like, uh, after 16 years of my life, I felt so upset. So I, I figured that my uniqueness and label kind of uh, reframe me socially. So I tried to change and stop going and hanging out with girls all the time and started to blend in with boys and act more boyish. Uh, well, I, it does like, I did blending more, but it never felt right for me. I just, um, and I had a guy who uh, had a crush crash um crush on a guy and i and he's too straight to bend and i still feel like my high school was quite miserable even if i stopped uh being myself and i kind of regret that so after university i was university i was uh in a medical university so I was really busy and yeah, and I have some uh, alternative uh, exploration in sex too. Uh, not sex, but love. 
yeah, I I made a girlfriend and she she was amazing. I felt so much. I can resonate so much with her, but it just like sexually, just doesn't work. Um, so I was really sorry that I have to quit the relationship with her, and she was quite heartbroken, and I, I, I felt really really sorry. The good, the best date I've had is at the night. He asked me out for dinner, and I think we had Vietnamese food, noodles, and. Um, we were talking about uh, growing up as a queer person uh, and our history, and we are, we are talking about coming out. And at the end of the date, we were uh, we arrived this bike, and he looked at me with his uh, I would I don't know like his watery eyes and shivering. Um, I mean, his eyes were shivering, and it just hits my heart so hard, and I felt, I I I felt as this did I felt so magical, and I didn't know what to do. I so we just say goodbye, and still, uh, to now I still feel like I can feel the my heartbeat. Um, then and it feels like the loneliness of my previous twenty three years was worth it just for the moment. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, love is amazing. I mean, I I don't know. Yeah, it, it's just an amazing date experience. My name is Natasha. I'm half Polish and half American, and I've been living in Guangzhou for the past twenty three years. I identify as a lesbian, and I have a Chinese girlfriend. I'd say a big city like Guangzhou, it's a lot more moderate than、um, a lot of other foreign countries. Foreign countries have the pride parades, and they've also got awful homophobes and stuff like that. But in China, just nobody talks about it. That means they're not openly homophobic, but it also means they're not celebrating it or anything. So, you know. It is what it is. It you know we're not in danger or anything. Of course, I'm just talking about the um, um, LGB part of the LGBT, and、um, I'm not really sure about the trans community here. I wouldn't say I openly share my identity. If people ask, like, I just feel really uncomfortable lying to people and telling them I have a boyfriend. It just it just makes me it's just like kind of. Um, so yeah, like if they ask me if I have a boyfriend, then I will usually just say, you know, I'll be honest and say no. And then if they ask me if I ask if I have a girlfriend, I'll be like, yeah, you know, it's not like I hide it, but I don't、um, flaunt it either. Especially a few years ago, there was、um, a case in the Sun Yat-sen University. A girl proposed to her girlfriend during the graduation ceremony, and she had her、um, graduation diploma revoked by the university. And this was maybe、um, seven or eight years ago. I'm not sure, but after I heard that, I was like, okay, you know, I'm probably not going to come out at university. So besides my friends at school, there's only like one teacher who knows. And also, like Chinese people, they're pretty bad at just like、um, clocking gay people. You know, like I dress super gay, and every like every LGBT person can see that I'm gay. 
but Chinese people have no idea whatsoever. Like I literally wear men's clothes, and they're just like, "Oh, that's just her style. She's, you know, she's just different like that." No, I'm not just different. I'm just gay. Personally, I feel like it's a little bit hard to make real connections on Chinese apps. A lot of the people I've met there—they're just solely focused on the fact that you're a foreigner who can speak Chinese. And、um, a lot of the dating culture here is also pretty different compared with the West. Like I was on a second date with a girl once, and she just video called, I think, two of her friends, and she just starts like kind of screaming, like, "Look at my American girlfriend! Oh my god, guys!" And that really freaked me out. And unfortunately, that's not the only incident I've had where they come on like really strong, really quick. I found that、um, I think as a foreigner living here, Tinder is still a best bet if you want to meet with like like-minded people and just people that are like more used to foreigners and just a lot more chill, you know. Hey, so my name is Javon. I am from Barbados. I'm currently living in Guangzhou, and I've been in China for about almost three years,、um, of which two in Xiamen and. Approximately one year in Guangzhou.、Um, I identify as gay, and my relationship status right now is, let's just say, I don't know. <laughs>、um, my experience on being queer in China is so far it has been、um, good. Um, I would say that there is a strong queer community here. Um, with both expats and and、um, locals, and yeah, I mean it's definitely not the same culture I am accustomed to in the West, but I can feel the the familial bonds. There is this one person who completely catfished me, and usually I am careful. When it comes to that, anyway,、um, so we've been talking for a while, and the conversation was going good. Then、um, we planned on meeting. So I get to the place, and the person's like, "There." The I see this person saying hi to me, and I'm like, "Who is this?" Like I don't recognize this person, and this obviously cannot be the person I'm going on a date with. Long story short, this person was yeah definitely not the person I saw in pictures, and I had to exit stage left. Hi, my name is Victoria, but like everybody else calls me Victoria, and I live in Yangzhou City in Jiangsu Province. It's a really small city, so if you guys don't know about it, that's really okay. And I have been in China for the past. Five years. I I think I'm a lesbian. My pronouns are she, they, and I'm currently in a situationship, a relationship. I can't tell. I'm a lesbian. <laughs> Dating as a queer person in China really has its highs and downs. It really all depends on your mentality. You just have to be able to take it. And for the city that I'm in, it's a really small city, so I haven't really seen that much queer people. Which explains why I have been in my with my girlfriend for the past、um, four years. It's been on and off, ups and downs, but yeah, it's been four years because even if we do leave each other, we don't think there are other people today in the city, and distance relationships are just not for me.
at least not because of anything it's just because um i'd rather my partner is right there with me it's it's perfect okay hey i'm kiki davenport i am from america i am currently living in beijing but i used to live in chengdu sichuan china i am coming up on my sixth year here in china i can't believe that but i'm here <laughs> My preferred pronouns are she, her, and hers. And although I don't like labels necessarily, I consider myself sexually fluid. So if I had to tick off a box, I guess I would be pansexual. Um, you know, I, I'm just here for everybody. I'm not greedy, but do your thing. <laughs> that's what I do. I am actually married. I have been married to my spouse for about a year and a half now, and I would not choose another being on this planet to be with. Uh, we've actually been together on and off for almost like nine years now. Um, so I have not lost my China dating experiences, um, which have been really interesting. My experience as you know, a member of the LGBTQ plus community um, here in China was, y'all don't even have time for me to go into all of that. But let's just say it was interesting. I wasn't always with my partner. We weren't married. I was out here for the streets trying to live my life. And let's just say the universe had a plan for me. I needed to be with the person that I was with because that dating life was not for me. Honestly, the experience for me was really unique because I went from being in this long-term relationship and then I wasn't. And then just trying to figure out dating again was complicated and then trying to use apps like Tauntaun. I mean, it was cool, but I felt like as a plus size black woman, I was really fetishized and sexually objectified and I really didn't like that. And then I tried to use Tinder and I kept seeing people that like I knew that I didn't want to know were on Tinder. I didn't want them all in my business and you know, people I would just never date. So I <laughs> was not here for that. Hello. My name is Catherine. I'm half Canadian, half Swedish, but I grew up moving around a lot. We lived in a lot of different countries when I was growing up. And now I've been living in China for the past six years, specifically in Beijing. So I identify as a lesbian. And to be honest, dating in Beijing, I guess in China in general, is not that easy. I feel like if you're a queer LGBT woman, the pool is kind of limited and kind of a small, much smaller than anywhere else, I feel, especially within the foreigner community. It seems to have shrunk a lot and it's kind of like always familiar faces or everyone's kind of somehow intermingled, you know? So when it comes to dating, I have to admit, I'm definitely not a dater. I do not like to go on dates with people that I'm not that familiar with. And usually it takes kind of like getting to know people. I'd rather meet someone and then spend like casual time with them for a while until either you end up, you know, it ends up becoming something or you don't stay in touch. So recently, yeah, I did go on a date a while ago. I guess it was around February. I can't remember exactly around Chinese New Year holiday or maybe, yeah, something like that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I did go on a date, but I felt kind of like there was a lot of pressure and I wouldn't really classify it as a good date either. It was kind of like 
a bad date, I guess, because we did keep seeing each other for a little while, but it only lasted for a few weeks. I just felt like she was way too full on. And when I wanted to go use the bathroom by myself, she kept following me. So that was interesting. Hi, uh, my name is Chris. Um, I'm from Los Angeles in the United States. Uh, I have been here for eight years and I currently live in Beijing, but I've previously lived in Hangzhou and Shanghai as well. What is your identity and relationship status? Uh, well, I think identity is a little easier to start with. Um, I identify as uh, queer or bisexual, um, though depending on the audience, because explaining those to people can be a little tough. I, I will maybe shift to our particular identifier just to make things easier. And your relationship status? I am currently single. So uh, if you know any cute guys, I'm looking. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, a little bit of a shit show. Um, meeting people here is, is a bit tough. Um, just because a lot of communities are, are underground. Um, uh, for example, when I lived in Hangzhou, there was only one gay bar and it was literally underground. Like it was, you had to walk through like a shed and there were stairs and it took you to an underground bar and that was the only one in the entire city. Um, but mostly uh, with apps and VPNs, um, it's, it's easier to meet people now than it was when I first got here. Okay, so as far as bad stories go, uh, I did match on Tinder with the guy uh, who played Captain America at Disneyland. Um, I was living at Hangzhou at the time, so he invited me out to Shanghai to spend a four-day weekend with me, with him, uh, where he uh, ignored me the entire time, expected me to have sex with him after ignoring me. Uh, he took me to Disneyland, which was great, except he spent the entire time uh, hitting on my friend who went with us. Uh, and he was uh, kind of a jerk. There was uh, a guy that I, I met on an app a couple years ago and he was really nice. Uh, we went on a date, but it was okay. Um, he was, he was uh, shorter than me, which is rare. Um, and we get back to his place and things start to get intimate. Um, and I discovered that he was uh, maybe on the smaller side. Um, which is fine. That's not necessarily a turnoff, but he also told me I'm a strict top. And at that point, I just had to, to thank him and go home. So that's the end of the episode. Those stories were fantastic. What was your favorite? Um, I think I just really enjoyed the diverse experiences that people shared you know some people with like the unicorn experience or you know biphobia really serious things uh the range all the way to your favorite which is oh it's obviously the captain america one yeah i, I just thought it was just a funny story and i'm glad that i left that to the end i thought it was a good reward you know <laughs> it was a good ending note yeah 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 but i tell you the one that really got me in the feels was uh 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 sean's and um when he was talking about after the, he's, you know, he was on the date mm. and 
his, you know, his date took him on the bike and then he got off and he looked into his eyes and he said his eyes were shimmering and they were like watering. And I can Aww. imagine these big anime sort of like manga eyes. Romantic you know, music. Rom- yeah, with like hearts flying everywhere and him just like being hit by Cupid's arrow. It's kind of sweet. Yeah, yeah. really sweet story. So yeah, and, and amazing that we didn't actually pick up on these stories when we did the catfishing episode. You know, we got two catfishing stories yeah. today. Great catfishing stories, yeah. Mm, mm. yeah. But I can I can imagine that's like a God, it's really shitty for like lesbians that that like guys will be like, I think I could turn you on. I just wanted to like see, you know. I just wanted to like just check you out just to see if I could, you know. But yeah. that, that's quite a common guy thing, you know. I, I know. Yeah, it I must be a guy a, thing, and I think it's also interesting hearing. Not all the- guys, obviously. Just want to <laughs> say no, that. not all no. guys. Um, or like some of the women who were sharing like, oh, like if I identify as bi, then some women don't want to date me because unless I'm only lesbian, like, but if I'm bi, you know, there's like all yeah, these stigmas like and flaky. stereotypes that yeah. I didn't really, I wasn't really aware of before. Yeah, well, that's why it's been a good episode and more to come because next week we're going to play, you're going to hear the same people and some more guests, uh, but we're going to be looking at different topics around the LGBTQ plus experience in China. So thanks for listening, you guys, and stay tuned for next week. Bye. Bye.